If you've been with us for a while, been coming, we've been walking through the book of Colossae. Um, we finished up, and Pastor Mitch did an excellent job of going through it, but I was just thinking um, about that book and, and how it relates to us today and what I learned about the letter to Colossae. Um, I remember that there was heresies that were going on, right? There were plague that plagued the church, Jewish legalism, pagan mysticism, and the corruption of these heresies. They were, they were fighting against the idea of Christ alone. Um, sounds eerily similar to the current day and age. There's a lot of outdoor noise that's fighting against what we believe to be true. Um, in a letter, Paul spoke about the character of man, of the new man in Christ, right? That we should put on love, which is the bond of peace, the bond of perfection, the importance of our relationships, submitting to one another in love, esteeming others higher than ourselves, right? Paul really pushed that agenda. Like, the new man in Christ, this is what the new man in Christ looks like. So an author I've been reading, James K. Smith, he might say that we should spend time in three ways. One, desiring the kingdom. Two, imagining the kingdom. And three, awaiting the king who is and was to come. I say he might say that because those are all names of his books, so I'm thinking that's what he would say. But uh, desiring the kingdom, you know, imagining, looking past where we are now, but future-minded, our mindset on heavenly things, right? Things that are not of this earth, but are from heaven. Um, We need to be honest with ourselves. We need reps at working a spiritual muscle. And it takes discipline. It takes repetition. It takes patience. A relentless persistence to put God first in everything that we do. I mean, with our feet dug in, deep, firmly planted. So, really my question for us is how are we spending our time? Because time is the one thing that we can't get back. Rick Warren says that time is our most precious gift because you only have a set amount of it. If you were here last month, um, I preached through Philippians, and one of the... um, The sermon was about pressing, pressing towards the goal, right? Is that there on the screen? Is it up there? No? So Philippians 3.14, press towards the goal for the prize of God, of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. There it is. That's our goal, right? That's where we're headed. So we know that that's our purpose is to get to this Go. We're pressing. Paul's like, that's, if I can do nothing, if I can do one thing, that's what I'm going to do. 
That's your purpose. Our purpose, yours and mine, is to be like Christ. How do we get there? So again, I say, how are we spending our time? Because one day we will look just like him. We will look just like Christ. And it will manifest itself in different ways. You know, we were, people will see each other like, okay, that's, oh, that's Aaron. Oh, that's, that's Matt Tag. Okay, that's, that's Connor. Okay. But we will look like Christ. If any of you have ever been involved in finance, accounting, sales, you've heard of the term wigs, right? Has anybody ever heard of the term wigs? Has anybody, you know what the acronym stands for? Was it? Okay, so there's this acronym called WIGS. It, it stands for Wildly Important Goals. Okay? If you need to have a sales, that's you have a goal and you have this wildly important goal that you want to get to. So, um, what's the biggest hiccup? You know the biggest hiccup that stops people from getting their, their goal that they, like, I want to own a house by... 2023. What's the biggest hiccup from getting that goal, right? Does anybody? Like if I want to be the best basketball player ever, right? I want to be the best shooter. I want to be better than Steph Curry. I have to create leads, right? So the biggest hiccup is people don't create leads to get to the goal. Leads is exactly what it sounds like. It Steps that lead to that goal that you're trying to get. I want to be the best basketball player. All right, so I got to shoot, I don't know, a thousand plus shots a day. I got to get a personal trainer, a shooting coach, um, probably do a strength and conditioning type of regimen so I can be able to get the shot output that I need, right? Muscle memory drills, reaction drills. I think you guys get my point. But... I need to create leads to get to the goal. So with this context, like as the background, what is our most wildly important goal, right? Our most wildly important goal of our very purpose, of our very existence in life. It would be Christ's likeness to reach that goal. So... Since that's the most important, we need to prioritize our time to reach that goal. So I want to give us a few, um, a few leads. And there's plenty of leads, I'm sure, that you can come up with. There's a plethora of leads. But I, there's four leads that I do that I think will be helpful that you can start today. You can add to your daily life that will put you on the right track to getting that goal. And I don't know if they'll be up. Um, I don't know if Eli got it up or not, but you didn't. Okay. So the first one is daily meditation. Daily meditation. Okay. So Mitch hit on this point last week when he was preaching through Psalms 1. And I want to read Psalms 1 through 3 to you real quick, just to refresh your memory if you weren't here last week. So Psalms 1 says this, blessed is the man. So everything I'm going to say, 
Blessed is the man that does these things. So blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners. Blessed is the man, right, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Blessed is that man. Also blessed is the man who's in his law he meditates day and night. He meditates day and night. What happens if he does this? He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. That sounds amazing. Right? I mean, if I'm a tree, and I have not just one river, not just a stream, but rivers, plural, I'm never going to run out of, I'll never thirst. I have abundance. I have all the nutrients I need. And I'm going to bring fruit, I'm going to bring forth fruit in its season. Blesses that man Again, who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates day and night. Also, it says, whatever he does shall prosper. Wait a second. Whatever he does shall prosper. That's what it says. It's not my words. It's right here. So that tells you the importance of that up-down relationship with God. There's value there, right? So what does it mean to meditate? It means to slow down. This is Christian meditation I'm talking about here. Slowing down, sitting in silence and solitude, and to consider, even rather ponder the word of God, even by talking to oneself. Is anybody here talking to themselves? Yes. Yes. Okay. Does anybody answer themselves? No. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know what? I answer myself. I'm unashamed. Uh-oh. People are like, this guy's weird. He meditates and answers himself, too. I don't know about this guy. Who's this guy that Mitch brought in? Yep, I do. I will answer myself. Let me give you an example. Let's take Proverbs 3, 5, for example. says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your, your path straight, make straight your paths. So I will literally sit down in silence and solitude. So I'm going to be very vulnerable right now with you. I'm going to tell you exactly what I do. You can judge me or whatever, say he's weird, quack, that's fine. But I'm going to open up to you right now. This is what I do. So I will sit down. And can you put five back up there? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I will literally breathe that in. Like, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. I think breathing is important too when you meditate. Actually, breathing is important with everything, right? And we need to live. <laughs> but we see the value of breathing in competition, in sports. I mean, I went golfing with Matt Tack here. This guy's amazing, by the way, <laughs> at, at golf. But he'll, like, you know, he'll get ready, he'll lean, and he'll, he'll take a breath. He's not holding his breath and then trying to hit the ball because then he'll look like 
Charles Barkley, which is not good. But he's, you know, he's calms his nerves, hits it, hits it like 400 yards, 500 yards. We see that in basketball. You're shooting a free throw there. And they shoot. Same thing with soccer. A goal. Then they kick the goal. We see the value in that. There's value in sinking the word at the same time. Anyway, I get I sound me vulnerable. That's what I'm doing. So then I'm gonna open up a little more. This is where I start talking to myself. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Am I trusting in God with all my heart? Mm. Am I leaning to my own understanding in these situations? Yes. Oh, there I just answered myself. In all that ways, acknowledge him. Am I doing that in all my ways? I'm not. If I'm going to be honest, I'm answering myself. But if I do that, he says that he will make my path straight. So why am I not? In this situation. Why am I trying to take this situation into my own hands and not trusting in God? Perfect example of this was when me and my wife were trying to get pregnant to have Sila. And no man likes to say this, but it was taking a lo- it was taking a long time. You know, I was thinking, man, maybe there's something wrong with me because this is not working. It took a couple of years. And others might say, oh, man, I have friends that say it took me six years. So, But it took two years. We were discouraged. I'm thinking, you know, maybe I should go see a doctor and, you know, maybe we can take stuff in our own hand. If, you, if you've done that, I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm just saying that's where my, I can see why people would take things in their own hands because it's like, this is not happening. Okay, you know what, let's we get the eggs, freeze them, and then I'll get my stuff, and then we'll put them together, have the doctor do it, and then it'll work. Then we can do it ourselves, right? Not trusting in God in all things. I wanted to take control. And then, stop trying, and then all of a sudden, see was born. So, am I trusting in God in my everyday coming and going? Or am I the Lord, am I the Lord of my own path? You know, how's that working out? It doesn't. Listen to this. Um, Philippians 4, 8. Can you put that on for me? I can turn to it probably faster. No, I love this. And you're on it. All right. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything. Next slide. I can go here. Don't worry, I got it here. If there is anything praiseworthy. Meditate on these things. Meditate on things that are noble. Consider them. 
Ponder them. Explore. That's what it is. Whatever is pure, explore that. Whatever is lovely, meditate on that. Whatever is of good report, meditate on that. If there's virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on that. Okay, so that's one. We're going to build on this. Literally because there are steps and there are leads that leads to the goal. So we're going to build on them. The next one is, I want to give you is communication. We all hear about communication all the time, right? Communication. Sounds simple. But it matters to God. If you're married, you have issues with your wife. What's the first thing? You don't communicate. You need to communicate what you're doing. The guys, man, you don't. You didn't communicate what you wanted. I, how am I supposed to know that you wanted to go there? You didn't communicate. Communicate. So even in our relationships, right, husband and wife, communication. There's value there. So we need to communicate with God. So James one says this. It says James one five. Is that up there? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. To communicate, to ask, I mean, you have to be able to communicate, right? To ask your Heavenly Father. There has to be some type of open communication there. To have a relationship you need to have communication to have a relationship and you can ask if you lack wisdom ask if you lack anything you can ask just ask God but the most important thing to ask is wisdom why is that if you have an issue with marriage ask for wisdom if you have an issue with your finances ask God to steward your finances better Ask God to help you steward your family and your relationship with your marriage better. Lord, I need wisdom with these people at work in the cubicle. Across, they're always just—they're always loud. I try to work, and they just—they're just noisy all the time. Ask for wisdom on how to relate to your coworkers, and He'll give it. That's the best thing that we can ask our Father. To be honest with you, you know. Don't ask for a million dollars if you don't have the wisdom to know how to steward the million dollars. Right? Communication with our Heavenly Father, maintaining that God orientation will cultivate a God-centeredness. This happens through praise, worship, prayer, and sitting still. Those things. The third one, before you put it up, oh, there it is. Read the Bible. Sounds simple, right? Read the Bible. You're like, duh. Read the Bible. Hosea 4 6 says this, and this is why reading the Bible is so crucial. Let's look at this. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Where do we get our knowledge from? The Word of God. 
Because you have rejected knowledge, I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of God. That's the point I want. Really, that part. It's that first part right there. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And we are. This is... This is our knowledge. This is our, our sword. Ephesians 6 says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, right? We all know that verse. What do we wrestle against? Principalities, powers, behind the scenes. I'm not fighting against this guy, but whoever's behind the scenes that's influencing that's who I'm battling with. If you go on in Ephesians 6, because that's Ephesians 6, 12, I believe. But if you go, it says to put on the full armor of God, right? Go over real quick. What's the full armor of God? Girded, the spirit, the waist of truth, right? So we have our belt of truth. We have our breastplate of righteousness. This is Ephesians 6.14. We have the gospel of peace. That's our feet on our shoes. We have the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. A lot of us are walking around. Where is the faith at? If you have no faith, you're just getting hit with fiery arrows. You know what they used to do with the arrows, too? They would get the arrows, and they would hollow out the arrows. Right? They'd take all the wood out, and then they put oil in them, and then they'd light it. So it wasn't like just they'd throw it, and they just hit, and it was just, ah, this burns right here. But it would hit, boom, fire everywhere. And that's what we feel like it happens in our life. Any one little thing happens, and then you're on fire. Your whole life is a mess. What is going on? And you're stressed out. You're freaking out. Where is the faith in God? And this faith, the shield of faith is, in the Greek, it's actually a, it's a door. Picture that. It's not the, you know, the, the, the ceremonial shields that the Romans used to wear when they used to do the ceremonies, the little small shield. This is literally, it's literally a door. And they have it. So anything that hit, they were like, this is my faith. Like, boom. Like, I'm, I'm good. I'm walking around with this. You can shoot whatever. It's, things are bouncing off. The helmet of salvation. If you're saved, we have that. But are we using all, the, all of our other tools? Look at this. The sword of the spirit. That's the word of God. It's our only offensive weapon. It's the only offensive weapon we have is the word of God. A lot of us are walking around not lacking knowledge, right? Because we're getting destroyed. We have on our, 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 our helmet of salvation, awesome. But then your life's a mess. Why is that? We don't know how to use the word. Jesus used the word against the enemy, right? Right? When you got tempted, he said, be behind me, Satan. He said, oh, uh, why don't you turn this bread into stone? What did, he, what did he do? He used his own word himself against Satan. That's what he said. He said, 
Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Get out of here. Boom. See, so Jesus know how to use, he knew how to use his, um, well, he used the word, so he knew how to wield his sword. I think of, um, I love Star Wars, by the way. And I love their little lightsabers they have. I brought this up. And they like, well, had little lightsabers and they're... Luke Skywalker is amazing because he'll just be like people will be shooting him and he'll just he won't even need any other he'll just go like this and block everything and it's like because he knows how to use his weapon right he's like shoot it doesn't matter he's boom 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 he knows how to use his offensive weapon but we're getting destroyed because we don't know how to use the word we don't know how to use our sword we're like Children with a lightsaber don't even know how to turn it on. How does this work? Poke an eye out, right? You're like, uh. That's cool. I don't know what this is, but we're not even using it. So, imperative. You've got to read the Bible. You've got to read your word. You've got to know the word. Because when you know the word, then that's your offensive weapon. Nothing to stop you. The last one I want to leave you with is not really even a lead, but something that we should just know. Right? You can put it up on the screen. He is God and we are not. He is God and we are not. He is God. We are not. Let it sit with you. That's submission. Know who you are and know whose you are. I'll close with this. Our our city groups have been faithfully marching through Psalms 119 the last seven weeks. And I wanted to share some of the verses that just jumped out at me. I'm not going to read the whole Psalms 119. If you all know Psalms 119, it's like 190-something verses or 176 verses. No, there's just a few um, that, does, uh, that reveal the psalmist's heart and his desire towards God. I want to leave you with that. Um, and we'll probably have it up on the screen, too. So the first one is uh, Psalms 119, it's verse 15. It says this. This is the psalmist's heart. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I delight myself in your statutes. 27 says this. Make me, I love that, make me understand the way of your precepts. Precepts, the rule or the way of God, right? That's the rule. So basically he's saying, make me understand your way, O Lord. So shall I meditate on your wonderful works. 33. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes. And I shall keep it to the very end. Give me understanding and I shall keep your law. 35 says this, make me, again with the make me, 
submission. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my ear to your testimonies and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive in me your way. 133. Direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Sounds familiar. Sounds like Proverbs 3.5. It's like reverse engineered. You see that going on there? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He's saying direct my path by your word. The word directs the path. Yeah? This interprets itself. You guys see that? 135. Make your face shine upon your servant. And teach me your statutes. That's numbers. Matter of fact, we just sung that song, The Blessing. Make your face shine upon, be gracious to you. I'm not going to sing this. Jamie's job. Yes, but make your face shine upon your servant. Listen to this, 148. My eyes are awake through the night watches, that I may meditate on your word. Hear my voice. According to your loving kindness. There's a high value here for carving out time with God. That's the whole point. What are we doing with our time? Carve out time for God. In the morning and in the night watches. That's how we take steps. To get to where we're going to get to anyway. Eventually we're going to get there. So it's like being pregnant. Not that I would know, but my wife, but, you know. But it's like you have a baby and it's, you're, going to, you're going to give birth, right? So you want to nurture that. You want to take those steps because there's a goal that's going to happen. You want to nurture that child. You want to... Eat good things, avocados and ginger and all types of other stuff that you're supposed to do when you're pregnant. I don't know. Right. But you look up these things. You look them up. And you find out, okay, what am I supposed to do? First trimester, second trimester, third trimester. Okay. That's what we're doing right now. We're, we're marching towards that goal. Right? So let us have the same heart as the psalmist. And let our hearts turn to God and carve out time for him day and night. And I guarantee you, he will start directing your paths. Amen? All right, let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just, we just thank you, first of all. Um, we give honor and glory to you before anything and everything. Because you are God. And we are not. So we submit to you. Lord, make us understand your way. So that we may sit in silence. Sit still, slow down so we can see you and hear you. Lord, I pray for everyone here, Lord, as they leave, that this doesn't leave them. 
but Lord, that you will always be with them because you first loved us. We love you back, Lord. We just want to love you back. We say this in Jesus' name. Amen.